that's another thing that business owners can take from this is worry less about getting the, the sale right away when you reach out to people and just reach out to people, care about them, develop a relationship and they'll follow along. They might not even like your content, but eventually they'll see, oh, I have this problem. They have the solution. I trust Kalita. I trust so-and-so. Um, I'm ready to reach out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lifestyle Engineer Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chenard, and today I have Kalita with me, which I'm really pumped about. We've been messaging or commenting on each other's posts for a couple months now. Mine, years, I remember your comment was about my dog. So if people are listening, most likely you know I sit in ice tubs. That's my claim to fame, and my doggo loves to get treats. And that was your comment. I remember that was one of your first comments on there. (laughs) Yeah, well, you, you you can't put out content. You can't put out dog content and expect me not to to comment. No. So yeah, that was. Uh, I feel like that was clickbait. That was that was clickbait. I think it's one of the most impactful things you could do. I know we're both friends with um, Taryn out of Canada, and she posts a lot of dog pictures and then puts something really impactful underneath that too. Yeah, it's all clickbait. That's why I got a dog. This was just for the clickbait. I just got one. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Um, so Kalita, you're a CrossFitter, SOP queen. This I'm reading this is off your profile here, former gym owner. So were you a CrossFit gym owner? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had a, a CrossFit gym in a very small town in Southwestern Ontario. Okay. How many years did you run that gym? So I ran it for, I think, oh gosh, it must've been close to seven years, um, in different capacities. So I first started out of my garage and I ran it for about a year and a half out of my garage and like the park that was like really close to my house. Um, and then I bought a building and I moved into the building and that was for about five years before I sold it. Okay. Okay. So five years and now you're a mentor with two brain business and CEO of Kilo gyms. Now, last year you mentioned, you guys celebrated being in Inc.'s 5,000 top growing companies, correct? Yeah. So we were in about the 700s for Inc. 5,000 uh, for one of the fastest growing companies in America. Okay. And Which is, is pretty impressive a, considering, considering that we had only been in business for like two and a half years. So two years. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I think that puts some more context on it too. So two and a half years getting that notoriety and also you you just surpassed 1000 uh, memberships in kilo too and for those listening who don't know what kilo is do you mind giving us a quick rundown of that sure of course so kilo is a essentially a saas company and for those who don't know a saas company is software as a service um, many people use saas companies or or saas products in their everyday life um, ours just happens to be one that services a fairly niche market of coaching gyms. So think about like your CrossFits of the world's, your, um, semi-private trainings, like those with a little bit of a higher price point than your 24 hour fitness. Right. And what we build for them is websites, automation software. And we are, we are like, just within throwing distance of launching our gym management software. Um, So the benefits that we provide to businesses like these, you know, I mean, you, you're a gym owner. I've been a gym owner, maybe not your full audience is gym owners, but many people use small businesses on a day-to-day basis. And for a lot of, for a lot of these business owners, I mean, 
they, they're everything. They're everything to their entire business and their families and their friends. So they're the cook, the cleaner. Um, they are the marketer, the salesperson. They're everything to that business. And what we want to do is just make their lives easier by providing intelligent, easy solutions and just taking a lot of that load off. So you don't have to create your own website for your business. Let us do that. You don't have to figure out how to be a developer to keep that website updated. Let us do that. You don't have to dream up all the automations to get someone to come in for an appointment. Let us do that. So that, that's essentially what we do. Yes. And we've been on your platform since the very, I don't know what number we were, but very close to the start of it. And we've really appreciated it. So our gym being greater purpose, health and fitness, and it just helps us remove one of the hats that I'm sure if I put enough time into, I could figure most of the things out, but that doesn't mean I have the capacity, nor should I as the CEO or business owner, or even some of your team members on your, your, your staff shouldn't be doing a lot of these things, especially if there's someone who is spending all their time and energy making sure it's efficient and optimized. And as we're stepping into, I'm not, not stepping into, as we are in the AI technology phase and it's rapidly increasing, it's become that much easier to automate, scale, and delegate everything out. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that that most businesses, business owners can't do this, to, to your point, right? And And I'm not even saying that they shouldn't. But if you want to have a business that serves you and you want to be able to leave your business <laughs> and go have dinner with friends and know that things are being looked after and not all of it relies on a human to do, I think it provides a lot of brain space for you to not only scale your business, but be with your family or, you know, have that creative capacity to think up of new ways or new ways to do business or create valuable partnerships in your community to be able to serve the people that you set out to serve in the first place. Absolutely. So then what do you believe is the, in this context, what's the purpose of being a business owner? What should your business do for you? It's not just about trying to do everything yourself, right? What's the purpose more in a broad sense of a business? I mean, I feel like that's a very personal question, um, depending on the person who's running the business. For me, um, when I had my gym, my the purpose of my business was to provide valuable careers to people in my community. I was in a very, very small town, um, less than 3,000 people. It wasn't like, you know, my head coach could go out and find a job that she could design her life around in that small community, unless she started her own business or, and even then, you know, opportunity is kind of limited in a, in a very small town like that. There's also, there's also good opportunity in small towns. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on small towns, but there is, there's good and there's different opportunity in, in both. And, um, I just loved that community so much that I thought if I could provide valuable work for people that really fulfilled them, I think that'd be good for the community as a whole. But I think for other people, they might create a business to serve their family. And so it creates that, you know, time and freedom in order for them to serve their family. Um, for other people, they just want to feel a sense of fulfillment from serving others. And I think, you know, your question is really good because if a business owner doesn't know 
the answer to that question, like they better figure it out. Right. And most people would just, so you're talking about when you owned your gym, a lot of people wouldn't think about providing careers. They think about what am I supplying with the member or the customer, which is important too. There has to be an aspect of that, but to actually dig deeper and understand what's the purpose, mission, vision, whatever you want to call it of this business. What are the measurables? What's the more, the compass that can help this business be a legacy piece and not just about me. What is this about? Because that keeps you moving forward. So if you had a bad day at the gym, you know that your mission or your purpose is to provide careers for people in the small town. That makes it a lot more difficult to just say, well, I'm done with this. Let's go do something else, right? Sure does. <laughs> it, it, well, it made it very difficult to do that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's it's tough to say like, you know, I, I just want to do this for the customer. Like that was tough for me to say. Not because I didn't care about the customer. I, of course I did. But I felt like the bigger picture of what I was doing was more about the staff. Right. Because I knew it's similar to that saying like happy wife, happy life. If I have right. happy staff, I knew that I was going to have a really good trickle down effect to my, to my customers. Right. Absolutely. It's about providing them something. And that's, that's a difficult code to crack in the gym industry is su- supplying teammates or staff with a career mm-hmm. um, because there's the schedules are inconsistent. Um, then, and if you're you're doing this gym ownership thing on your own, I recommend. I do recommend definitely going to Two Brain Business to help you create this structure because it's difficult to do on your own because it's there's a lot of different pricing out there, um, different ways to set it up, and also a common theme is that people almost view from my perspective, and you can let me know what you think, Kalita, is view gyms as almost more of a service that shouldn't be priced. It's almost like a nonprofit, not, not to the extent of being a nonprofit, but that's the mindset that can happen for some people. Yeah. I mean, I, I started my gym in the, in the days just past when, um, you know, CrossFit started to be a thing, right. But before it was really a thing, there was this mindset of gym owners saying like, I'm not in this to make money. Uh, I'm not, you know, this, and if anybody did say like how much money you're making me like, that's a, that's a bad question. It's almost like a bad word. Right. And I'm, I'm really glad that we've mostly moved forward from that because I mean, money does, you know, provide you the opportunity to do those things that, that you want to do in your life. Um, but yeah, there was almost like a, um, like a martyr mentality, with, with gyms. Um, it doesn't exist. I, I think, um, in some industries it does still exist. Like I'm um, in the MMA and, uh, like mm. jujitsu world. I believe it does. That mentality does still exist. Um, but I'm glad that I'm seeing less of it in the CrossFit community. Um, and in the, like the, the boutique fitness community, but it, it certainly does happen. And, um, I think it does take, it takes, cause I said the same thing early days, 
I said the same thing. I was like, I just want to have a job that makes me happy. I don't need to make that much money. Um, truth be told, I didn't have to make that much money because the job that I had previous, like did not make me very much money anyways. So I knew that I didn't have a, a large gap to fill there, but, um, it, it, sometimes it does take like a big blow for you to realize like, wow, I, I do actually have to make money from this business. It does need to be profitable. I do need to figure this out for you to take that next step of whether that's hiring a mentor and in the CrossFit world, like two brain business is like, you know, cream of the crop there. Um, yeah. or whether it's just like finding another business owner in the same niche to just talk to and be like, how do I do things differently? Mm -hmm. And it's so, like you said, profit is the lifeblood of long-term success in a business and it's it's more selfish not to profit than it is to, yeah more selfish not to profit than it is to profit because in the moment it makes sense like i'm gonna i don't want to make money from this business or i want to just make my what i make and i just love it and i'm going to work out whenever i want but over the long term that doesn't work and we're starting to see i think the effect of that because it you're not going to see that in the moment when you say, I don't need to profit. What you're going to see is years and years after that, post that comment where it starts to happen. And if you actually want to help provide careers for people in your town, or you want to help get people healthier and fitter, which is very, very important right now, you need to be profitable. Yeah. And if, if you think about like this, this sustainability of a business, like, Hey, if you love this and, and if you are saying that you really aren't doing this for the money and you want to be doing this for a really long time, like it takes money to do that. Like it's pure and simple and easy. Like it does take money to do that. And so, yeah, you, you know, even if you say, even if you're going to give away all of the extra money to charity, because you're not doing it for the money, like you need money to run the business and pay the staff right. and like upgrade your stuff. And like, it's, it's, it's just how it is, unfortunately or fortunately. It just how it is how it is what it is. So that was your purpose for your gym is to help obviously members get healthier and fitter, I'm sure, and provide career opportunities. So where was the problem that you saw for Kilo to step in and help? Yeah, so um, I will try and make this story short. But uh, myself and my two business partners, John and Mateo, we we're very involved in two brain and we actually created a product there that was helping that, that was for helping gym owners market their gyms better. Right. Because most gym owners, like we don't know how to use Facebook ads. Most business owners in general, like you get onto you get on a meta marketplace or, or meta um, meta ads. Like nobody knows how to like go through all those steps. Right. So we built a course to teach gym owners how to market their gyms, what kind of call to action they should be using, how to actually set up the ads, you know, what kind of landing pages to be using. And we provided them with all of those templates. And in order to do that, a gym owner needed no less than, it, I think it was like between six and eight pieces of software just to do that. Hmm. And when I got involved with the marketing course, I remember I had gotten involved at a time when things were like kind of rocky and I was, I was brought in to put out fires. Um, to put it bluntly, there was a lot of unhappy customers who were too confused 
um, as they were going through the course, like things just weren't making sense. They're like, I have to sign up for all these things. I don't know how to connect them all together. And it's not that the courseware wasn't good. It was just difficult. And so I had come in just to like redo the systems, uh, you know, kind of reshuffle the team, uh, make some major changes in there. And it was at that point, you know, as we got through that, we, we knew like it was just too many pieces of software to, to do one thing. And so as we made it through that, um, and we, like, we don't run that course anymore at, at two brain, it's run by somebody else because we saw this opportunity in the marketplace and we were like, there has to be a solution here. And if there isn't like, we're just going to build it. Um, and so that's what we did. We, we took, the plan was to take about six to eight months to build this thing and launch it. Um, and then when we were selling it, we planned, okay, we're going to onboard about four clients a month, like one a week. And, you know, we're going to kind of build this thing sustainably and figure out all the SOPs, you know, and, and make it really perfect. And then, um, March of 2020 hit and we had to move very quickly to help out our best friends who were gym owners. And we ended up selling like five a day instead of four a month. Uh, and you know, really simplified everything, but we did provide like, even looking back now, you know, moving, we've moved forward like three years. And at that time, like, I was like, wow, this is a really good product for gym owners. Not only because their gyms are closed, but because we're eliminating like eight pieces of software that they needed to do one job yeah. and taking a lot of that stress off of them in terms of like building all of the things and updating all of it. We just hired people and just said, like, let us do this for you. And I know the struggles of multiple platforms using multiple platforms. I have one guy, one, one of my coaches, my manager in the gym, he always bugs me. He's like, do we need this many things? I was like, right now we do until Kilo has their Canadian version of the gym management software. We're Which, coming, I promise. Yes, I know. I know. We're just really excited. It, it's It's been a common pain point in the gym industry. And we don't even have to talk about in terms of the gym industry, business in general, you don't want to have to be using multiple platforms. If someone can step in like you guys and solve multiple problems, do it very well, which is difficult to do. It's hard to solve multiple problems at once, but that all comes down to what I believe. And you can speak into this too, is sustainable as sustainable as you can do it. I mean, sometimes your, your hand is forced, but sustainably building a system and playing the long game instead of bypassing certain things that are going to be costly down the road. Right? So how how have you in terms of scaling up is there a framework in your mind that you have that helps you scale quickly because it's going to be different in a gym it's a lot harder to scale a physical setting than it is something digitally i'm sure yeah like i mean scaling a scaling a gym is was much different than scaling this this tech company. And, um, like I had to learn like a lot of new skills. Um, but I think like one of the most important like things about scaling that I, I think a lot of people don't realize is like, it takes a lot of communication. (laughs) So like you could have all the best systems in place and you could like 
have a ton of automated tasks and that's, you know, a, a really good thing to, to start scaling. But if you don't communicate well with your staff about how this stuff is going or communicate with your clients about what these things are, if they need to know about it or if they don't, like that will stall your progress. Um, so I've learned that as a CEO, like you can't just say things one time, you have to say it a bunch of different times in a bunch of different ways. Um, and considering that we're a fully remote company, like that means on a bunch of different platforms. Um, so, you know, you have your written SOPs, but you also do an announcement and then you put out a video and like, hopefully somebody sees it (laughs) over all of those different platforms. Um, but yeah, I mean that communicate, communicate, communicate is one of the key things. And then I usually also always follow a formula that is um, eliminate, automate, delegate. So, you know, if you're looking holistically at your whole business and you're saying like, hey, we need to get to this next level, you have to take a look at everything and say, what can we eliminate? Right. Before you get to the automate stage and then before you get to the delegate stage. So um, I think I always holistically try to try to look at those three things in that order. Um, and then just like over communicate. Right. And everyone communicates differently or hears the hear things differently too. Right. So I'm i I'll call myself a heavy visionary. And for the longest time I couldn't figure out, if I have an idea, I'll put it out there on whatever communication platform we're using or whichever one of the multiples we use. Um, and for either there to be a lot of questions or no one's as excited as I am and slowly learning. So I use something called the, in my mentoring business, I use something called the six working geniuses and it creates a framework around how people thrive and work, but also I'm learning more. It helps you understand how people understand work itself. So as an example, I am, um, a wanderer inventor on the six work ingenious scale. Mm. My wife is an enabler and tenacious person. So every project has to go from this ideation phase, activation phase, enablement phase. Mm. So I'm high ideation. Jaleesa, my wife is high enablement or high um, implementation rather. So there's this gap in the middle that there has to be really refined communication process and in our gym setting i'm wonder invention and i think seven out of eight of our coaches are tenacious so i have to be very precise in creating check boxes and saying now you go with this not before this because i'll just confuse it and they'll get frustrated with me because i didn't realize that for a long time people don't necessarily understand how i communicate things and i need to be better at that right and i think that's an important thing as a leader to understand yeah, for sure. And I think, I think to like, to your point, sort of people learn in different ways. You have to have, and I've learned this with clients and I've both with clients and staff, right? If you, let's say you, you're really good at written SOPs, right? Guilty over here. I love a good written SOP, but guess what? I should say first, that blows my mind. That's one of the things I do not like doing. So kudos to you. <laughs> oh, I missed a meeting today because I was just like in it with an SOP. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's guilty over here. But um, yeah, love a good written SOP. A lot of our clients, actually, they've told me that they like to follow a written SOP. Uh, my staff, 
They don't. <laughs> they want a video. I hate right. video, but I will do it for them. But it took me a little while. Like this was a couple of years ago that I, I figured this out, but realizing that like, Hey, some people learn by doing some people learn yeah. by video. Some people learn by reading. Um, and, and there's just like so many different style learning styles and you can't cater to all of them, but what you can do is, you know, put things in a format that it will cater to most people, um, right. and then walk the rest through if you, if you need to, but yeah, it's, right. it can be really difficult when you have staff and if you have a thousand clients who all learn differently. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we put in our vivid vision for our gym three years ago that we, when we communicate things, they'll be written in video and in pictures if we can do it. Yes. Yeah. Someone's going to understand it differently. But do we actually do, I think we're getting closer and I figured out some ways to do this for business owners out there. If you have employees that communicate differently, you can do a Loom video, take the transcript of the Loom video, put it in the AI and it can create the SOP for you. Or you could do the opposite. If you like writing the SOPs, which again blows my mind, then you can have a video transcript for you that's not your voice. Yeah. And I usually do a combination of both just because, yeah, like if someone prefers the the video version, then I'll just make them a quick video of, of the process. But yeah, there needs to be context and there needs lots of communication and, and um, catering to different learning styles for sure. For sure. Out of curiosity, so I'd like to know how people tick and why. Why do you enjoy writing SOPs? What about it do you enjoy doing? Um, oh, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, it must be just the, the like once I get it all down, I know I've got all the steps. It's like the completion of the thing that I really feel good about. Like if it's got, a, you know, some nice titles and good pictures and it's really complete and then I can hand it to somebody and they don't have to ask me a single question about how to complete it. Like that's a really satisfying moment. Um, I don't know. Honest. That's a great question. I don't know. That's a good answer. Because I, I, it gives a picture into what type of entrepreneur someone is. So I see myself as someone who is at the starting phase. I like to create things. I like to help people see it, and but they take it and finish the product. If I'm the person that has to see it all the way through, it usually doesn't get done. I'll find something else shiny. So in terms of whether it's a business as a whole or projects, where do you usually see yourself thriving? Uh, yeah, I'm the person who who gets done who if you have an idea and you want it done yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be the person who who writes okay. the sops who tests it and tells you what i can do and what i can't do <laughs> and the reasons why and the analysis and the data behind it and all that yeah. stuff yeah i'm gonna be that person which you know the 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 partnership between john and mateo and i works just so perfectly for that reason um john is very much the ideas guy where he will throw a bunch of ideas at us and i'll see how many I can get done in a single year. Uh, and, um, yeah, then, then I'm the, the integrator, so to speak, uh, where he's the visionary and, and Mateo is kind of a jack of all trades, but he's really good with, you know, helping create like a lot of the videos and he can like figure things out really well. 
So a lot of the the gym lead machine build initially was done by him. So he's really good with tech and that kind of thing. So we we do have a good, a really good partnership in that way. It sounds like it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're the finisher. Um Mateo would be more the the middle person, right? Mm-hmm. And John would be the ideas guy. So we're all kind of working in that flow. I so my profile went viral for Instagram right around Christmas. I need to hire someone quickly to help me get stuff done. So it's the first time I really got to appreciate and be in awe of how someone is gift. So I hired her name's Jill Miller. She's my marketing person. And I would send a voice memo of an idea I had and not an hour or two hours later, it would be done and complete. And for the longest time I felt bad as if, well, I hate doing this stuff. This can't be fun for her. And I asked multiple times, she's like, no, I like doing this. So when you can find partnerships, like you said, that you're not, you're not being envious of someone else's giftings. You're just saying, no, this is you. You do this thing and I'm going to do my thing really well. And that's how teams thrive. And yeah. That's how you really scale teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think something super important because that guilt is super common, like really, really common. And I think that's something that a lot of business owners like kind of forget is like, I hate cleaning the floors and like, I don't want to hire somebody to clean the floors. Cause like that's work, but yeah. actually like there's someone out there who loves following a good checklist and making things sparkly and clean. And, and that kind of thing, like the job that you hate is someone else's dream job. And I think if more business owners understood that, like, I think they would more easily give things away. Yeah. And also if someone's doing a job and they're not being honest that they don't like it, then maybe they don't fit the team anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it is true. And I want to just reiterate that to everyone listening. People like to do things you don't necessarily like to do. It, it'd be like me telling my wife, Jalisa, I want you to sit in this room with a whiteboard and come up with 10 different ideas of how we can improve this business or this gym or the Airbnb. And I've, we've played through this thought process before and she says, no, thank you. <laughs> like just tell me what to do, when to do it and I'll get it done. And I'm the total opposite. So definitely appreciate that. And that's something I highly recommend to CEOs, um, business owners, or just even if you're a part of a team, recommend that your team gets to know each other more. And the six working geniuses is a good one. I know there's lots out there, but my favorite one is the six working geniuses so far. I should really check that one out. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's um it's not so much a personality test as it is how you work best mm-hmm. and then pushing you into that and how to take things from start to finish. So as you have grown Kilo with your team, Kalita, what's been one of the most impactful things you've noticed? I, I won't even say most impactful. What's something that when I asked the question just now, what has stood out to you through the past three years, correct? Yeah, we're just over three years old. Yeah. Maybe okay. three and a half, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Three and a half. What's something that has stood out to you as you've grown this business? Um. Just like the feedback that you can get when you do a good job, you know, like it's, and the difference that you can make in, in a business owner's life or, or in your client's life by, you know, like we're, yes, we, we need to make money. We're a business. 
I have staff to pay, you know, we have revenue goals and that kind of thing. But like we do a lot of stuff that doesn't scale well. And that is not, you know, if, if let's say a VC company looked at us, they would tell us to like, stop doing some of these things because they're not good for business. Um, or they're not good for like, for, for profitability or they're not good for, but we like doing them anyways, you know, like things mm -hmm. like writing blog posts for, for our clients, or we created like a full design library for our clients, um, which is like, some of these things are manual work, um, for us to complete. And so they're not scalable, but like, to me, that's okay because it's surprise and delight in our customers, um, or for our customers. And we get amazing feedback because of that. And that feedback travels very far in, in a small community like the CrossFit gym owner community. So if you can do things that surprise and delight, even if they're not super scalable, like don't put yourself in a hole because you want to do something like kind of crazy um, for your right. clients. But at the same time, like it can be small things that just show your appreciation, right? Like I send handwritten cards still, you know, I used to do this at the gym and I will still send the odd handwritten card. Um, you know, just as a good example, someone messaged one of our clients messaged me uh, when we were at the two brain business summit, because we were giving away these fun little sticker packs with, um, like gym owners United, our stickers. Um, we have a partnership with Andrew Hiller and Savon. Um, and so we kind of just like made these sticker packs and someone was like, could you send me some of those? And I was like, hell yeah. Like I'll send you one of those. So, you know, got home and like packaged up all the, like these, this stuff is not scalable, but that's okay because it, it shows your clients that you care and, people are more likely going to stick around if you did something personal for them. Not, not out of the fact that you wanted them to stay just out of the fact of like being a good person. Right. And I think that's what you mentioned VC coming in and not seeing, I guess the ROI of that. And I think that's what it comes down to. We've become, we need to be data driven. Obviously when I run a Facebook ad, I need to know the data that's actually working because I'm putting money into it, but there's going to be certain things that you're not going to see the benefits right away, but you, you just inherently know that writing a handwritten card is beneficial for length of engagement of a customer, whether it's a gym software company or a gym setting. And if you lose focus of more of the unseen things like that, and you just become super data driven and just becomes more, more members or um, getting more people, then that's again, not longevity in business there has to be an implementation of those unseen things and not just cutting those out so you can grow and scale faster because you're going to just it's going to fizzle out eventually yeah. it always will yeah yeah it's 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 been pretty incredible some of the the feedback that we've gotten and, and like the referral the referral network that you create with that um the other thing too is like you know i i seek out all of these new clients on Facebook and I make sure that I send them a personal message. Like that's not normal for, for a tech company to do, but like, I think it's important and I think it's good that they have a direct line to me. If they want to complain, they can do that straight. They can do that straight to me. If they, if they want to give good feedback, they can do that straight to me. That's, that's all good. If they have the question nine times out of 10, I don't know the answer. But I will find out and I will send it to them. Right. Um, so like, I think it's really fun and, and I have a lot of fun with it. So 
I think that's really important, especially because we're in the age of cold DMing. And again, AI has um, made that a lot easier where people just send out, hey, do you want to scale to X amount? Mm-hmm. Click this link. And you just know it's a cold DM. But you're messaging people that are already clients of yours, which means that you actually care about your clients. right? You're not just reaching out to them so that you can get more revenue in your business you actually want them to have success in your business itself and that says a lot about you as a leader of uh, kilo and i think that's another thing that business owners can take in in in, from this is worry less about getting the, the sale right away when you reach out to people and just reach out to people care about them develop a relationship and they'll follow along they might not even like your content but eventually they'll see, oh, I have this problem. They have the solution. I trust Kalita. I trust so-and-so. Um, I'm ready to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. And and something to add to that is just like provide a lot of value. Yeah. Just, you know, value bombs all over the place. And then if, you know, what's it like jab, 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 left hook or something like that, you know? Oh, I heard that. Uh, like, it's a Gary V, some, a Gary oh. V book, right? Um, I probably completely, uh, butchered that. Well, he but, has so much content and tidbits out there. I'm sure. Yeah. Got- I think he wrote a book, a book. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But it was something else I've discovered, like through this journey, like, I think it was like, um, in October of last year, I was kind of on a ki- content hiatus. I didn't want to be on Facebook. I didn't want to be on Instagram. I just kind of wanted to hide from the world, um, and just work. Right. Um, but I knew that if we wanted to grow Kilo and to help more people, we had to, I had to start producing content. And so I just pr- decided to provide a lot of value. So I could just creating content, providing value. And I didn't ask for anything for probably six months. And then actually it might've been longer than that. And then finally I asked for one thing and I had like 200 comments on the post. Mm. So if you can just continue to provide value, I think you're going to get farther ahead than just like cold DMing people and asking for things. Right. And there's something alongside that too, is the more free value you provide and the more people get to know you off of you providing free value, it creates this trust. And I foresee that some, someone can put into AI again, this is the problem someone has give me a solution, give me a bunch of content. We're not going to lack solutions. We're not going to lack methods or tactics, right? We're going to lack two things as let's say business owners, taking action consistently and building trust, right? So you can't Mm -hmm. build trust with AI. You can give a lot of great knowledge, but if it's just providing knowledge at the sacrifice of not building that trust, then again, that's not a long-term play. So build trust, give a lot of free value. And then when those things come together and people know, Hey, this person who's talking on my screen all the time, I think that's genuinely them. And they have the service that they actually want to help me. It's not just a quick fix. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Cool. So let's start to close it out here, but I want to ask you're a CEO of a big company, right? It's, it's growing quite quite rapidly, which is awesome. Congratulations again. What would you, so someone who is looking to get into entrepreneurship, they ha, they're looking to start a business. What are some principles 
that they should be looking into before stepping into the, let's say, entrepreneurship game? Um, principles. I think it's important to, I mean, do your research first, right? Is, is make sure that there's like market fit, make sure that, you know, the, the business is a good business, that kind of thing. Um, but once you're, you're kind of in it, like, I think things like how to scale, how to systemize and, and things of that nature are probably very important. Um, even if you're not going to grow a large business, I do believe that every business would benefit from like the, the principle of eliminate, automate, delegate, right? Um, if you've ever read my favorite book in the whole world, which is built to sell, you know, you, you will go through those phases of entrepreneurship, which is like, ah, I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm never going to like have a free day in my life to, Hey, I might actually be able to sell this business. Is that something I want to do? And then you get the choice of whether you want to do that thing or not. Um, and so I think, yeah, the, the main thing, like once you figure out market fit, um, just always be really focused on how do I not do all of this myself? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause then that's scalable again. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share, promote or help, um, on here, Kalita? Um, well, Kilo, like I, like I said before, Kilo is launching our gym management software that comes at the end of August, um, for anyone located in the United States, <laughs> but we are coming to Canada, hopefully by the end of the year. So, um, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, that that will come to fruition, but don't quote me quite on that. Cause you know, tech, um, but, uh, yeah, so we're super excited about that. And then something else that we're working on right now is I know we mentioned AI a few times on, yeah. on, in this last hour and we're, AI is coming to Kilo's Gym Lead Machine. Um, I was literally just writing the SOPs for it before I got onto this call. So um, I'm very, very excited. Like, I'm so excited about it. You know, things like appointment booking uh, robots, you know? So I'm, I'm just like, I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to give it to more gym owners so that mm. they can book appointments while they're sleeping. Um, and, and develop more content because we all know how valuable content is for gyms and it'll make things just so much easier with the content AI that's built into gym lead machine. So those are the two things that I'm really excited about. Um, and then, yeah, if everyone would just go read my favorite book, which is built to sell, I think everyone would learn a lot. Yeah. I wrote that down. I actually haven't read it yet. You haven't probably... read it? Oh, oh I'm going to be honest here, Kalita, all these books behind me, I probably have read through 0% of them. I get so excited about something and I go, <laughs> I forget about it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I just have good conversations with people like yourself. I can take pieces of it and then apply it. Um, thank you for providing such amazing service to Kilo. I know I'm excited about the AI part for sure. And for this amazing conversation, for those listening, I'm also developing a course to help entrepreneurs, coaches, and personal brands leverage AI in multiple different areas because you can use it for SOPs, brand building, um, lots of different things. So excited for that. Again, Kalita, thank you so much. Thank you. And I'll put everything in the show or the show notes where to find you. 
so that people can find Kilo and yourself. Perfect.